0: Katie was a young mother of Kevin and Ryan. Kevin was five and Ryan was three. And every Saturday morning, Katie and her family had pancakes and chocolate milk. It was something that Kevin and Ryan looked forward to all week. And on this particular Saturday, Katie was up, she was making pancakes, and Kevin yells out, Mom, I want the first pancake. To which... Three-year-old Ryan said, No, Mommy, me. And next thing you know, it an argument starts between the two kids. Katie decided to take the opportunity to teach a lesson about generosity. She said, Boys, what would Jesus do if he were here? What would he say? I don't know. Katie said, Jesus would say, Let my brother have the first pancake because uh, Jesus is generous. Kevin, the five-year-old, his eyes got wide and he understood the lesson. And so he turned and, and he said, Ryan, you be Jesus. <laughs> we, we are closing up our, our series on the good life. And, and what we have seen over the last couple of weeks is that the good life is a generous life. One where uh, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And today, we we are going to close with uh, service. And and picking up on Katie's lesson, yes, it is about being generous with our service. And Jesus does put other people's needs before his own. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, We're going to look at giving generously with service. Because it's not just about money. It's about our time, talents, and abilities as well. And so this is what we're going to look at. Uh, The heart of a servant. And to do so, we're in John chapter 13. Uh, the, John is one of those four biographies of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, the, we call them the Gospels. And in John chapter 13, it is the night before Jesus dies. Uh, we call that day Maundy Thursday. Uh, that name comes from uh, Mandate. And because on, on that night, Jesus gave His disciples this command uh, to love one another. And so we just shorten it up to Maundy Thursday. But it's it's Thursday night, and Jesus and His disciples are about to celebrate the Passover, uh, which was a Jewish festival. And they're in an upper room that Peter and John, two of Jesus' disciples, had prepared earlier in the night. And what we're going to see is your first point in your worship folder, and that is that Jesus understood the difference between knowing and doing. So, like I said, it's the night before he dies, and they're in the upper room. They were, before this, in a town called Bethany, a mile and a half west of Jerusalem. And that day, they walked up to Jerusalem to go to the upper room. And the custom of the day was that when you would enter a house, you'd have your feet washed. We have the custom uh, that when you enter somebody's house, you take their jacket, Give them a handshake or a hug and uh, say welcome. Their welcome was, sit down and let me wash your feet. Uh, It wasn't God's law, it wasn't a command, this was just the custom of the day. And it's a really weird custom. Could you imagine going to someone's house today and they say, hey, welcome to my house? Uh, Give me your foot, let me wash it. Uh, That would be weird. But for the disciples and and during Jesus' day, for first century, this this was common practice uh, because they didn't have closed toed shoes and they didn't have dirt roads or they didn't have paved roads. They had dirt roads, and so uh, think about it: you're walking around all day in sandals, stepping in who knows what, getting dust all over your feet, and now you're supposed to go into somebody's house. The owner doesn't want all that in his house, so he would hire a servant to wash feet. And this was not a job a servant aspired to. This was not a good job. This was the, the lowest job of the servant in the household. Because it was dirty. If uh, they had a first century micro dirty jobs, this would be at the number one top, top of the list. Because it was just that dirty of a job. So that's the scene. The disciples enter into the room that John and Peter had uh, set up earlier. They know this custom. They know, the disciples know, that when you enter a house, feet need to be washed. And here's what we're told. The evening meal was in progress. What did the disciples do? They just went straight to the meal. They just went straight to the table, tried tried to avoid eye contact with Jesus because they were afraid maybe that Jesus would delegate to them that they had to wash their feet. And they didn't want that. And so they were hoping to just nix it. But what did they notice? They couldn't help but notice it. The owner had set aside a wash basin, water, and a towel for somebody to clean their feet. And all the disciples knew it, yet they avoided it. They went straight to the meal. And Jesus gave them the opportunity to do it, but they didn't. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus knew this was the custom. He knew it had to be done, and he did it. The God of the world did the dirtiest job that no one else wanted. He took off his outer tunic or outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and began washing his disciples' feet. Can you imagine the awkward silence that must have been as Jesus went from disciple to disciple? Maybe maybe the older disciples were uh, staring down the younger ones like, are you really going to let Jesus do this? And the younger ones shooting the same glance back. And yet, there Jesus was, washing their feet. And he gets to Simon Peter and here's what he says. Lord, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do, not realize, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Peter just always has to be the guy that does everything. Well, except for wash feet. He doesn't want to wash feet, but he can't let Jesus wash his feet for him. He's, he's got to do everything for Jesus. And Jesus says, No, you just relax, Peter. Quit trying to be the Savior. Let me be the Savior. We continue. Then Lord, picking up in the middle there, Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Peter goes from one extreme to the next. <laughs> Don't wash me. Wash my whole body. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. Here we see Jesus' unconditional love, don't we? What did Jesus know at this very moment? That in Judas's heart, he had betrayed Jesus. He knew that Judas had already given the mon- or received the money to betray him, and that at this very moment, Judas was plotting, just the, waiting for the right time to go out and do the deed. And yet, what does Jesus do? He washes Judas' feet. Why? Love, right? The only reason is because Jesus wanted a relationship with Judas and Jesus wanted Judas in heaven with him. That's the only reason. Jesus loved him. And that's what makes service serving hard, isn't it? It's easy to serve when we like the people that we're serving. Thanksgiving's on Thursday. And there's going to be plenty of opportunities within our own homes to serve uh, with setup, breakdown, cooking, uh, washing dishes, taking trash out. And we're going to want to help out, right? Because uh, we don't want our family to have to do everything on their own. And so that's easy serving because we love our family. But what about the person who doesn't like us? Or what about the person we don't like? then it's not so easy to serve. Or maybe it's someone who's hurt us. Then we could know what needs to be done, but avoid it. Or what, what if we don't like what needs to be done? It's easy to serve when we like it, right? Maybe you like serving at church. And so when opportunities come up, uh, you take the opportunity because you like to serve. Or maybe you like doing highway cleanups or something because it beautifies the earth and you can see your progress. But what about the things that need to be done that we don't like? Then we can know what needs to be done, but avoid it. It's easy to serve when we're going to get credit for it, when people are going to acknowledge our service. But when nobody is going to know but us and God, it's easy to avoid And it's easy to serve when we think it's worth our time, worthy of our pay grade maybe, so to speak. But if it's above our pay grade, uh, no, it's below us. We're not going to serve. And that's what makes this scene so incredible. Jesus, God, does the job nobody wants. The job that is below everybody. The job that is the dirtiest, the job nobody likes, Jesus says, I will do it. Could you imagine a king washing his servant's feet? Could you imagine the president washing anyone's feet? And yet here Jesus is, washing his disciples' feet. When he was done, he came back to the table. And he said, "Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed." If you do them. Jesus says, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. And yet what did the teacher and Lord do? He served. The master served his servants. And that's what Jesus came to do, right? He didn't come to gather a a, a, be some big leader and have millions of people following him and, and start a country. No, he came to serve. And he served the needs of everyone who's ever lived. He served your needs and my needs. Because Jesus didn't say to you, hey, give me your foot. He said, hey, give me your heart. Give me your heart with all of its sin, and I will clean it. And he took those sins that we are embarrassed over, he took credit for those. The, the sins that stain your reputation stained His reputation. Uh, he took the, the dirty, offensive, smelly, disgusting things that we have done, said and thought, and He said, I'm taking them on, and God saw it on Him, and He sent them to the cross where He paid for all of our sins. All of your sins. And there He cleaned you, not with soap and water, but with His holy, precious blood. So that right now, you stand before God clean, forgiven, holy. Jesus, our Master and Lord, came to serve. That was His whole purpose in coming. He said, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do the job nobody wants to do and nobody can do. And that is, I'm going to save you. I'm going to live, die, and rise again For you. And that's what he did. Our master is a master who serves. And when that message sinks down into our hearts, that is what motivates us to lovingly serve others. And that's your second point in your worship folder today, is that we serve because Jesus first served us. You might recognize that phrase a little bit because in the Bible it's, we love because He first loved us. Loving and serving are are synonyms, kind of, aren't they? The, 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 the Different sides of the same coin. We love by serving. And we serve because of love. And that's what Jesus does for us. He, serves, he served our needs and He continues to serve our needs every single day, doesn't He? We have needs for food. He serves that need. We have the need for love. He fills us with His love. We have the need of knowing that we're forgiven. He gives us baptism, Lord's Supper. He serves and He serves and He serves. And because all our needs are met through Jesus, we can then turn our attention outward and look to serve others. And there's two things that we're going to take home today about serving. Your first is always have your head on a swivel, be aware. Every single day, God gives us opportunities to serve, doesn't He? Every single day, uh, God presents us with opportunities to serve somebody else. We just have to be aware of them, and to know them, and then do them. What would it look like... If we slowed down a little bit in life, and instead of being in a hurry from getting to point A to point B, we slowed down and we looked to serve somebody. What impact would that have on the kingdom if one day, once a day, every day, we served somebody and showed them the picture of Jesus in our our actions? How can the Holy Spirit use that for the kingdom? We have our head on a swivel. We be aware for the opportunities. And the second one is we have a heart that sees people through the eyes of Christ. When you look at people, what do you see? Do you see somebody who uh, is rude? Do you see somebody who uses offensive language? Do you see a bad parent? Uh, Do you see somebody who's always letting you down? Or do you see somebody whom Jesus lived, died, and rose for? Every single person in this world, Jesus loved so much that He lived, He died, and He rose again for them. And every single person in this world, Jesus wants to have a relationship with and, and, and be able to say to them, I love you, I forgive you, Come be with me in heaven. That's the message He wants you to know and believe as well. That He loved you enough to live, die, and rise again for you. He wants you to believe it, to trust Him, and then to come home to heaven and be with Him for eternity. This is a message that sinks down into our hearts. And when we see other people the way Jesus sees them, it allows us to lovingly serve them. Because that's a person Jesus died for. The good life is a generous life. It's one of service. It's one of giving. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And so it's my prayer that as we leave here today and over the course of the next couple of weeks, That God give us the opportunity to serve somebody. That He he helps us to realize the opportunities that are before us and that we take them and we do them. And of course, it's my, my prayer that as we serve others and we let our light shine, that then God brings those people into His kingdom where He can tell them what He's told you. That He loves them, forgives them, and that He wants them in heaven with Him. This is our prayer today. Let's close with that prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to serve and we thank you for serving us and living and dying for us. We ask that as we go out into the world, you present us with the opportunities to serve. Help us to recognize them and help us to do them. Uh, And through our actions, through our service, we ask you to lead people to you that they may know that they are forgiven, loved uh, for eternity. We ask this all in your name. Amen.